grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, you are here. We have already been aware of your presence as we have been worshiping you this morning. Continue, I pray, to help us stay open to your coming to us through your word, which is life to us, food for our journey and drink for our thirsty spirits. As it is in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. How many of us like to be invited to a party? Okay, there, there are a few. Uh, what's wrong with the rest of you? <laughs> um, parties are, are usually those things that are very enjoyable. And uh, sometimes we even rearrange our schedules so that we won't miss the party to which we've been invited. Uh, maybe it's a birthday party. Maybe it's uh, an anniversary party or a dinner party or like uh, Judy and I, two weeks ago we were at our nephew's house in Wisconsin for a party for his daughter who graduated from eighth grade. And it was really good to be there with, with family and to have that time of celebration. Parties are a joyful time of celebration. And you know who loved to be at parties? Jesus did. Did you know that? Jesus was not some slouch who wouldn't go and have some fun. In fact, uh, his first miracle was at a wedding feast in, in Cana. And, and then he enjoyed going to people's homes uh, to eat with them. In fact, uh, on two occasions, he invited himself. Uh, he invited himself to Matthew's house and he invited himself to Zacchaeus' house because he didn't want to miss the opportunity to talk with, with people that he was interested in and to, and to share that time with the others who were at those uh, same places. The pleasure of eating and leisurely conversing with them. The gospel this morning, as we've already heard, is about a dinner party. A dinner party that Jesus did not want to miss. It was in the home of a, a prominent Pharisee. And, and he knew, Jesus knew, that as he was in this house, he was going to be very carefully watched. Because uh, the religious leaders who were there really didn't see eye to eye with Jesus about his teachings. But nonetheless, uh, Jesus wanted to be there. One of the reasons Jesus loved to go to parties was because it was a way for him to demonstrate and to talk about the kingdom of God. In Jesus' day, it was understood that uh, eating and drinking together was a sign of community life, of people sharing a common life together, of people accepting and supporting each other, and especially being accepted by the host who invited them to come. In a real sense, it prefigures what we're doing this morning. As we gather around this table, as Jesus is the host, having invited us to come and to eat, to share together as brothers and sisters in Christ this meal that is more than something to eat. It is something that reminds us of who Jesus is, that he is the one who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. 
and wants us to be in fellowship with him. It's also a table at which we come as as brothers and sisters in Christ, supporting one another in our walk of faith. As each of us, as each of us are accepted by Jesus, the host at this table. At this particular dinner party, told to us by Luke, one of the guests, maybe even unknowingly, gave Jesus the opportunity to talk about the kingdom of God. When this person said, Blessed is the person who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And immediately Jesus takes the opportunity to tell a dinner story about the kingdom of God. He says that a man was planning a party, a dinner party, more lavish than anyone could have imagined. No expenses spared, and a great number of invitations were given out. There was going to be a party that nobody wanted to miss. At least the hosts thought that. When all was ready, he sent his servants out, telling the guests that everything was ready and it was time for them to come. But to the host's dismay, his guests all had excuses not to come. One guest said, well, I just bought some property and I need to go take care of that. Another guest said, well, I just bought some oxen and I have to go see that they're okay. You know, make sure that they're really healthy, as if he hadn't done that before he bought them. On and on the excuses go. They were all too busy with their own pursuits to attend one of the best parties that they would ever have the opportunity to attend. On Sunday mornings, uh, I have to show you this. Maybe I showed you one before. Uh, Larry puts these in the children's boxes, or in the bags, and he puts one on my desk. And it's a, um, a cartoon, and uh, I don't know if you can see it, but there are two people standing here, and here's a house that's burned down. And uh, the caption is, I know this much. That's the last time I'm going to refuse a king's invitation to a wedding feast. And, and, and here's this uh, house burned down and an axe in the door. And, you know, that, that's a little tragic, a little uh, over the top in a sense. That's, but that's not the king, our king, who uh, treats us that way. It's just the opposite. This host says, uh, well, if these people aren't going to come, I'm not going to waste all what I've had what I've prepared. So I want you to go out and I want you to invite everybody that you can possibly invite to come. And here they come. Not the social elite, but the poor, the crippled, the homeless, the down and outers, the bag ladies, people who never expected to be at such an event. You can almost hear them saying as they are in this magnificent house, Oh, this is the best food and drink that I've ever had, and it's all free. And there's servants attending my needs. And and just listen to that music from uh, the Jerusalem Symphony. Wow, this is fabulous. That's the way the king treats us. Our salvation is free. 
Jesus died on the cross that we might be freed. He gave his body and his blood that we would be freed, that we would be welcomed into the kingdom of God. These people that came, that were invited, were not an afterthought, just as you and I are not an afterthought. We are loved, we are loved by the host who gave himself for each one of us. On this day, when those people came, they had expected nothing. But you can almost hear them say, I hardly can believe that I'm really here. Yesterday I begged all day long, and by nighttime I only had a scrap of bread. Jesus told this story after someone had said, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. He told this story because it's about people. It's about those who had no right to be there of their own, who had done nothing to earn what the host had had to offer. Yet they are there because of the gracious generosity of the host. Jesus is really telling this story about God, about God's generosity about how the kingdom of God is open to everyone who will accept God's gracious invitation to come. It's about those who came and found God dispensing undeserved grace. Come, Jesus says, come and celebrate with me. Experience the kingdom of God that is prepared for you. God's grace is food for our hungry spirits. God's mercy is living water for our thirsty souls. God's love is a resting place for our weary hearts. Come, receive, and celebrate God's wide-open arms of grace, of love, and mercy. 700 years before Jesus told this story, and we heard it read in uh, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before, God said through the prophet Isaiah, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. And we know what God's love is. The apostle Paul wrote of it in uh, his letter to, to the Romans. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this, but we also rejoice in God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That's what this table's about. It's rejoicing over the reconciliation that we have with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the covenant, the pledge, the promise of God's faithful love to each and every one of us. Are you familiar maybe with a movie that came out in 1986 called The Mission? Uh, it's, it's a wonderful movie. It's kind of t- tough to watch. But it's the, it's the story of uh, the Spanish taking over South America and, and sometimes very brutally conquering that continent. Within the main story is a sub-story about a soldier. A soldier who returns from battle and finds his wife in the arms of his brother. He kills his brother and he banishes his wife. He's arrested and sent to prison. His feeling of guilt is so overwhelming that even when he is pardoned by the governor, he cannot leave because he needs to suffer for the guilt and act of his sin. When visited by a priest, he he confessed his guilt over the murder of his brother and also over what he said were the other murders that he committed while as a soldier, killing innocent men and, and capturing innocent women and children and sending them off to slavery. The priest uh, offers to make him uh, a promise that if he goes on a pilgrimage, on a journey, his sins will be forgiven. His guilt will be alleviated if he does penance for his sin. So his penance is to drag a big net of his armor and some of the um, spoils that he had collected. And they're going to go to um, the people, some of the people that uh, he damaged in his uh, time as a soldier. But to get there, they had to climb this rather steep hill, slippery. And as he's doing that, he, he is uh, struggling, uh, even slips back and falls downward a couple of times. And, and the priest says, just drop your sack and you are freed. And he says, no, I can't do that because uh, I'm paying for my sins. Finally, after struggling, they get all the way up to the top and exhausted. He's sitting on his knees. And here is the village to which he had gone and plundered. And there's a man who comes over to him with a knife in his hand, stands over him, and, and the soldier realizes that he doesn't deserve anything but death. And that's what he thinks he's going to get. But this person from the village stands over him with the knife at his throat and he reaches down and he doesn't cut his neck. He cuts the rope that holds the sack and it falls away. And this man is freed. He received undeserved grace. That's what this table is about. We have been set free because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. As we hear and 
and accept the invitation to this dinner party of God's kingdom this morning, we realize, as did the guests at Jesus' dinner party, that we don't deserve God's grace sometimes because of who we are. But Jesus looks beyond that. He looks beyond what we've done to who we are, that we are people loved by God himself. About 30 years ago, Barbara, a woman in a congregation I was serving, said to me after a communion Sunday, she said, I really like the invitation to communion. I said, Barbara, tell me, uh, why, why do you like the invitation? And she said, because when I listen to it, I know that God loves me and I don't deserve it. A couple months later, we served communion by people standing across the uh, front of the sanctuary. And one of the deacons and I uh, served communion. The deacon served the bread and I came along with the cup. And when I came to Barbara, I said, Barbara, this is the blood of Christ for you which you don't deserve. And standing next to her was her sister Jan with this, what? Quizzical look on her face. But Barbara knew exactly what I was saying because she had already said it to me a couple months earlier. When we come to the table this morning, perhaps we can hear the invitation, not as something we don't deserve, but something that Jesus freely offers to us. Maybe we can hear the words to the invitation in a fresh, new way as the generous gift of God's grace offered to us by, in, and through Jesus. As we come to the table this morning, let us hear these words of Jesus, our host. Maybe hearing them the same way that Barbara did, that is a gracious host sharing his love for each one of us. And glad, and glad that he invites us. So let us come to this sacred table, not because we must, but because we may. Let us come not to testify that we are righteous, but because we love Jesus and desire to be his true disciple. Let us come not because we're strong, but because we're weak. Not because we have any claim on the grace of God, but because in our frailty and sin, we stand in constant need of God's mercy and help. Let us come, not to express an opinion, but to seek God's presence and rejoice in God's love for us. As we prepare ourselves for coming to the table, I invite us to sing together. Let us break bread together. The refrain of which is a prayer, confessing that we do need to stand in constant need of God's mercy and help. O Lord, have mercy on me.
Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. Many will come from east and west and from north and south and sit at table in the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share this feast that he has prepared. And on that night that Jesus was with his disciples before he went to the cross, they were there in that upper room gathered together celebrating the Passover, which was a reminder of how God was faithful to his people. And they heard something a little bit different when Jesus took the bread. He gave thanks, and then he broke it, and he said, This bread is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembering me. And then he took the cup, and after he had given thanks, he poured it out and said, This is my blood, poured out and shed for many for the forgiveness of sin. And the Apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and his resurrection until he comes again. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we accept your gracious invitation to eat and drink together with you of your body broken and your blood shed for us. As we come to this table, it is a reminder to us of how much you do love us and desire us to be citizens of your kingdom by faith in what you have done for us on the cross, releasing us from the guilt and the burden of our sin. This is more than amazing. You, Lord Jesus, are more than amazing as we praise you. Bless now this bread and cup to us as nourishment for our faith, drawing us closer to you and uniting us in you with each other so that when we are fed and nourished, we can be sent forth to live to your honor and your glory for the sake of your kingdom, as we pray it in Jesus' name, and as we receive this sacrament. Amen.